0: Welcome to the podcast Cocktail Party Economic Conversations with your hosts, Heavy Animate and Richard Maranta.
1: Well, welcome to the first episode of uh, Cocktail Party Economic Conversations. Uh, This uh, series is going to riff off of the book by the same name, Cocktail Party Economics, and every chapter will cover a major economic concept. And the normal format will be myself, Evie Animate, and my writing partner, Richard Maranta. You want to say hi, Richard? Hi, how are you? And we will typically interview a third person who's a guest who is working in the area that sort of covers that concept. But this um, episode is about introducing us. So it's making introductions and it seemed a little silly for Richard and I to introduce ourselves. So we're going to hand over the uh, interview um, control to uh, someone I know very well, uh, Stephanie Sharp. She works at the University of Guelph in Alumni Affairs and she's going to talk Um, She's going to lead the conversation and ask the questions that hopefully you're interested in finding out um, more about with respect to Rick and
2: I. Great. Thanks, Evie. So everyone, as Evie mentioned, I'm Steph Sharp. I'm the Senior Development Manager for the Lang Business School. And I also am a grad from Guelph. I did my undergrad in the Bachelor of Commerce Program, Marketing Management. And later on, after i have been working for a couple of years, I ended up doing the MBA as well. Highly recommend if anyone wants to ask questions, feel free to reach out. So we're just going to jump right into it. And I think that this is a really unique way for us to get to know Evie and Rick a little bit better. I know Evie really well. She knew me when I was born. Her and my mom are really good friends and I grew up being really good friends with her son. So lots of long-term relationships that we have and share together. So I'd love to start off the conversation by just learning about what inspired you to to write this
1: book? Um, I think what happened was I was going to a woman's conference and somebody started asking questions about free trade. And I just realized this was going to take a while. And then one of the women said, oh, this stuff makes me feel so dumb. And I realized she was a really smart person. And so I wanted to be able to communicate uh, economic ideas in a way that would help people who are really bright, but just don't know anything about the field, uh, to learn more about economics and uh, kind of have the framework, not just the sound bites about economic ideas. So that was kind of the first thought. And so then I uh, got a hold of Rick. He's a really good friend, he and his wife, and pitched this idea and he was interested in And um, I I mean, I might as well tell the story up front of how this happened. I was quite um, worried about writing on my own uh, because when I was in high school, um, my English teacher, I took two English courses with him and I loved them. And so I thought I would go to another university, uh, which will remain nameless, and uh, take English. And so I went to talk to him about it and I said, I'm looking at taking English. And he went, oh, dear. No, he, and I went what? And he goes, well, do I look like a football player to you? And he was a short man. I said, no. And He goes, and you're not an English major. You're basically illiterate. And in the back of my head, I uh, had this joke that sort of was sitting there. And I went, oh no, my parents were married. And uh, so then he <laughs> looked at me like really proved the point. But I was sort of mad. Uh, but that it affected my. Um, Uh, going forward, I never took English, I moved into the sciences. And so when I looked at writing this book, I thought, Oh, um, I don't think I can do this on my own. And so Rick is an English major. And so I thought we could actually partner and just create a better book. So what might be interesting is finding out why Rick would even agree to do something like this.
2: Rick, how did
0: Evie oh, coerce you. you into? Well, being so maybe I should offering. say something about myself first. Yeah, I uh, my name's Rick Maranta, and um, I own a company called Labrat Learning. So I do e-learning, which is pretty um, relevant right now. So everybody's sort of getting into e-learning, and I uh, also some digital media and that type of stuff. But um, I went to a little school up the road called University of Waterloo. Ever heard of it? <laughs> yeah, nah. uh, you no, know, my, my, both my kids went to Guelph. So that just shows you, Evie has a lot of influence on my, our lives. So, so yeah, anyways, I did my master's of uh, English literature and I studied uh, self-destructive writers like William Faulkner. And so it's kind of reason why I, I wanted to help Evie. I just didn't want to <laughs> crash and burn. But yeah, so I have a you know, degree in English and sort of, um, but now I'm involved in education. So what interests me um, about uh, working with Evie and this book is just that I like um, just interesting topics, right? Like um, in my e-learning world, I, i do topics like uh, mental health and then banking and uh all kinds of different um topics right and so to learn and to work with somebody who's an expert in their field is just I, i think it's exciting to help someone express what they have to say and i think it's it's fun right you don't always have to be the person out in front sometimes you supporting people and helping them is just great. So I thought this was exciting. Yeah, that's...
1: yeah. And you have to trust. I mean, the thing about a
0: writing relationship
1: is you have to believe this other person is going to hang in there with you. I mean, it took us years to write the first book we wrote written two together and um, you know, you've got to like this person because you're going to spend a lot of time together. And so it was helpful because Rick and I actually, uh, don't mind each other's company.
0: <laughs> Although I was a bit worried once I was giving my comments back to Evie. They were kind of mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kind of a mean editor because I kind of want to teach people the concepts. Rather, You know how when you were in high school, they just circle something and it's like, okay, what do I do to get better? My goal was always to make people better writers on their own because mm-hmm. that, that happened to me in university, a prof, uh, Professor Gosling, he just spent a lot of time going over my papers where where I had lost the whole grade and he just spent a lot of time. And I was sort of really thankful that eventually after a long process of banging my head against it, I learned. Mm. And so I, I, you know, you have to be a little mean and then people start to get that aha moment, moment. And I think Evie got there too. So
1: yeah, I remember the first time I'm writing and I did a lot of what was called passive writing so is coming instead of comes or is going instead of goes is taking instead of takes so uh rick was like passive writing really slows down the reader and it's boring so move to active writing so the one time i sent him this document and uh, i had started out with passive writing he goes okay so he gave it a little teachable moment don't use passive writing and then halfway through the document and i'd done it again he goes okay like i told you don't use passive writing and then by the end he goes I told you, stop using passive writing. <laughs> and I realized it was the same document. I hadn't had a chance to actually <laughs> get the feedback. <laughs> and then at one point, you know, his wife was a little concerned that, you know, he was being quite mean. And I just said, no, no, no. We, we're viewing this like an econ. I'm an economist. I don't take this personally. I believe in comparative and absolute advantage. He has a comparative advantage. Let's make this a better book.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I need
1: you to be truthful. Like, what there's no point in pussyfooting around. I need to know what I'm doing wrong so we can make a better book. And after three years, I think we created a book that was really interesting, given it's about the topic of economics.
2: Right. Just for context sake, Evie and Martin liked to hang out with Rick and his wife. So that's why his wife was concerned that he could potentially be upsetting Evie. <laughs> she was worried about their social aspect of their relationship. Yeah, whether or not we were
1: crossing a few lines in terms of being mean and and, but I don't take I don't take criticism personally I think I think economics kind of does that to you I've been in
2: enough department meetings that people just don't take things personally so you guys has you guys have shared a lot about that writing process I think our listeners and viewers would like to know more about how was it once you wrote that book the
0: publishing process oh want to start (laughs) well yeah i mean i think early on when Abby had a couple of chapters done and i think we actually had edited them to some degree right Mm -hmm. you you had interest in from penguin books uh was it penguin yeah uh interest in them because you had somebody that worked there right and they were Mm -hmm. really interested but this was after the economic collapse of 2008 right Yep. I forget all this stuff. this I'm not an economics person. but all um so they were really interested to have some hot book on that would explain what was going on. But this really wasn't that book, I don't think, um, in Evie's mind. And also we weren't far enough along and Evie's term was just starting. So, there's no way we could have ever got that book done. They probably wanted it within right. six months or something, right? Six yeah. or four months or right yeah. away.
1: We, and I, you know, I have a day job. <laughs> I was yeah. teaching. We met them in January. We went to downtown Toronto. It was freezing. And um, yeah, they loved our title. I'll tell you, that title got a lot of interest. People thought mm-hmm. Cocktail Party Economics was a really cool title, but we hadn't written enough and um, there was no way to get it there was just no way to get it out. So they had an offer kind of on the table, but we just couldn't do it. So that that Mm -hmm. kind of went by the way. And then by the time we were done the book, the moment had passed. So then we decided to go through educational publishing. And so Pearson became our publisher because, um, yeah, this book is at some level it's, it's an educational book Mm -hmm. though. I have to say, um, I was reading a comment in, um, you know on chapters or amazon or something about the book and it said it's a real chick book <laughs> and i went oh chick economics mm-hmm. and i realized it has that kind of light and fun feel to it so it doesn't feel like you're totally learning it but i had one of my colleagues her son was at another school which was quite difficult and he was taking this hard economics course that's tons of math and he said what really helped him was reading this book because he could do the math he just didn't understand why.
0: Mm. and our book
1: kind of describes why mm-hmm. this is an important idea. So he totally got through the course by reading our book as opposed to a textbook, <laughs> which I thought was yeah. a really nice That's uh neat. compliment to the book because yes. it's about the ideas, it's not yeah. about the math. That's not yeah. what we teach. Yeah. And what about. helps
0: is I think we really worked hard on analogies, you know, so we have you know we had a Halloween analogy and uh, we used golf. We used all kinds of different things to get the point across. I mean, mm-hmm. analogies only really take you so far, but I think it helps in people's mind if there's some concepts that co- uh, relate to economics. So I think that that helps a bit.
1: Yeah, it, it. I think it helps a lot because it makes it feel relevant. And partly, this whole podcast series is bringing in people who graduated from Guelph, They're all alumni um, who are applying these big ideas in their jobs in the real world. So they're they're important, um, mm-hmm. and they might not be doing two equations two unknowns like they're not doing math. They're applying economic concepts and trying to make a living at it. and and very successfully doing so. So I think that um, I, I wanted to get people understanding that economics is big, big ideas, and mm-hmm. they're really important. They're not, they're not trivial. So we want to make sure we understand them.
0: No, yeah, sure. and that, that, that's helped me too, is one of the other reasons I really liked working with this book, because now I can look around things that are happening, right? Currently, we have COVID crisis and all these type of stuff. And it just gets me thinking about, you know, what are the implications, you know, supply, <laughs> demand, how they're changing societal pressures and stuff. So for me, it's fascinating to always go back and start thinking about some of these concepts right and um uh, and i think for my 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 two sons who who took uh, um went to Guelph one of my sons took e- took economics i mean i think it just helped him just be able to think through the, some of these things just business concepts so yeah
1: yeah and your other son's an accountant, <laughs> yep, an accountant yeah <laughs> so he took but, accounting at Guelph like my wife yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know thinking about human behavior is kind of important i think in the real world and uh, this is coming at it when people make decisions
2: that turn out to have a big economic consequence, and lasting as well. If they make good decisions or bad, we'll be living with those consequences for many years to come. Exactly. So, if if there was a student thinking about writing a book, what piece of advice would you give them? I don't know. You know what? I don't um. Know. Yeah. Don't do you know it? what.
0: <laughs> no, or, I do
2: it. Or keep on it, steady it, yeah.
0: you know? That's a good, good question. Like, um, I think a couple, of, first of all, if you're thinking about a write, writing a book, you should read a couple of books on writing. <laughs> right? And two of my favorites are one uh, by Stephen King on writing. And uh, the other is called Bird by Bird. And I think it's, is it Anne Lamont? Um, I'd have to look that up, but it's called Bird by Bird. And they're excellent b- books about how the process of writing, what it takes to be a writer, and also one of the phrases um, is that you need to write two hundred crappy words a day if you want to be a writer. And so the idea is you don't, you can't be a perfectionist. You got to write crappy words, and then later on go back through it because a lot of people um, will just take forever, and then they'll just get tired. And it's just get your ideas out. And that's what Evie did. Basically, she wrote the book and then we went over like paint, right? Painting the house, another coat, another coat, another coat until you get it right. So a lot of times Mm -hmm. I I remember being in uh, university in in English and someone was doing their uh, master's thesis and they were still doing it. Like I came in, um, I came in after them and I left before them and they were still working on their thesis because they just, you know, we're perfectionists. So I think that's good advice. And then reading from experts, uh, other people is great. Also, I
1: think writing nonfiction is completely different than writing fiction. I think writing fiction yeah. is harder um, because, you know, you have to create a believable story. I'm writing about what I know. I've been, I was teaching economics for more than, well, I mean, at least 25 years by the time I wrote this book. Right. So, This was like breathing for me. Like, I wasn't, I didn't have to labor over what I'm going to say. I knew what I wanted to say. It was saying in a way that was entertaining. So, what Rick brought to the table is I would write a whole chapter and then he would block it with big red bubbles with comments. You know how you can do that tracking, track changes. Mm -hmm. And he'd write things like, This is really boring. Why would people actually care? Or, here we go. Oh, you need an analogy here. This is painful. You know, or like, I, I mean, when he was being mean, it was really funny. I I started to laugh a lot reading his comments, because they were just deadly. Yes. And so I think what happened is I realized in every section, you know, you have to write something that's interesting, or people don't want to read it. it. It can't be you just got to worry about the content. It's
0: mm-hmm. how
1: you say the content. So, in our podcast, we're just being very conscious that we want these this podcast to be styled in a way um, that is a comfortable conversation about technical things. So it needs to be fun, or people aren't going to tune into every episode and want mm-hmm. to listen uh, to an economist and, and a, you know an e learning specialist talk to someone about you know free trade you know, that, right. that can or cannot be interesting depending on how the conversation goes. So we're working very hard at having our guests feel very comfortable. Uh, uh, we try to be somewhat funny, you know, we just, and we're not trying to, you know, there's no sharing of a screen and up pops a graph. There's no graphs. We're just, right. we're just talking. And, uh, I think that that helps, uh, make the topic seem more fun and you know hopefully it 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 motivates people when they actually take economics to say oh i want to learn more about this because i now get why the idea is important
2: right like how these people went to Guelph did economics and now are using it in their day-to-day real life careers yeah and they are like we mm-hmm. picked people who are and and they have really interesting jobs <laughs> i think yeah. yeah no for sure when I went back to reread your book, I really loved how you ha- use napkins, use quotes, you use um, the gossip column. Where did that in- come from? Because I, I really like the way that it breaks up the reading and provides little tidbits.
1: You know, sometimes you have what you think is a a formula, like a stick almost. Mm-hmm. And I realized I really liked quotes and. I just thought it would be fun to try to just put them in everywhere and 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 try to show irony because one of the things that Rick's really good at is being ironic and funny in, in with lots of puns. So mm-hmm. start, part of these quotes are supposed to create humor, right? In between you know chunks of text. Right. Uh, the gossip column. I think it's important to understand that economic ideas don't come out of nowhere. That there were people who actually thought of them. And so I really owe a huge debt to, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, professor Brian Ferguson, um, uh, because he just knows a lot about everybody. He really is one of the most knowledgeable people I know. And, um, and he knew weird things about everybody. He knows the quirky parts of their stories. And so he helped me pick the right people for every chapter. And he was the one that, um, you know, looked at the concepts and said, oh, you should talk about this, uh, right. the napkin note, uh, I had a couple of people read, you know, a draft. And one of the admins in our department said, you know, I really like the book, but by the time I get to the end of the chapter, I don't know what it's about. So she said, maybe it'd be really good if you just summarize what this chapter is about. And so I thought, oh, I could do a napkin and then one major point. So then Rick pointed Mm -hmm. out that um, that's probably good teaching, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, it's interesting. I I, wrote, I read this book uh, when I was, it was called How to Study in College. So it was when I was going to university. And basically the whole idea of, of it was to read your page, summarize it in paragraphs, and then summarize the paragraphs that you had summarized into one word or two words. So the idea is that you boil it down so that you have three different sort of expansions that you can take it so what you've done is great you've boiled it down to like one small phrase right
1: yeah and really so that people button. when they come to the end of the chapter they know oh that's what I was supposed to get out of this chapter yeah um I think that that mm-hmm. was you know uh another part is I start every chapter with a cocktail party or a party story mm-hmm. and so one of my sisters read the book and you know, she's not an economist. And I think she just started to read all the stories and then forgot their economics. So she gets to the end, she goes, so what happened to all the people? Went, what do you mean what happened to all the people? Well, there's all these people, what happens to them? And I went, Oh, I'm just using it as an illustration. She goes, yeah, but you know, I want to know what happens to them." So that's why the last chapter Everybody comes back together and we find out what happened to the people. Okay. Because my sister said, What happened to them? Because she thought that that was more interesting than the <laughs> economics.
2: Hey, at least she read most of the book. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's the first uh, paragraph of every chapter. Yeah. <laughs> so was so very- I, I'm curious because we're talking about the book in, in its entirety. What is the biggest principle or concept that you would like students to take away from reading cocktail party economics? Hmm. I think
1: it's that economics is a, it's about human behavior and trying to model it. That -hmm. people make choices and they make choices that are reasonable. People are not irrational people. And so when you look at all the ideas, it's trying to say, oh, people made this decision because of these reasons and they're reasonable. So I, I think that that's what I'm trying to show is that all these concepts are just putting labels
0: on reasonable behavior of human beings. Right. Yeah. And then it has real world uh, implications, not just some big concept, right? Economics, some math thing. It's a real world uh, application that in our everyday lives it has impact. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. My husband and I met on campus as well, and we we use a lot of terminology that we learned in economics from saying things like, "Oh, well, that's a sunk cost," and it honestly helps us just let, let it go and not worry about it. Or mm-hmm. talking about you know maybe a, a new job opportunity. What are our opportunity costs of taking it versus not? So I definitely see the, the terminology as it applies to rational human beings and then how it really is incorporated into our lives. Yeah. Did
0: you name any of your kids by economics? <laughs> uh, no, or? no,
2: really just family members. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very rational choice. You
1: yes know. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very rational to name your children after family members uh mm-hmm. does definitely endears everybody to everyone so uh, mm-hmm. that's good
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I mean i, I mean our conversation is probably coming to a close here but i i i think that these podcasts what we're hoping is it creates a renewed interest in economic ideas and um that people will go oh i want to learn more That would be great. If I can get people to listen to this and go, I want to learn more, um, then it's been a super successful, um, uh, podcast basically. So, uh, we're hoping.
2: Fantastic. Well, Evie and Rick, thank you so much for your time. I know that the rest of the listeners and or viewers are really excited to hear the next 12 chapters. And we look forward to hearing who you have as guests. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.